You've heard me talk about Morning Kick, used by former karate champion Chuck Norris. It's a daily drink from Roundhouse Provisions that combines ultra-potent greens like spirulina and kale with probiotics, prebiotics, collagen, and even ashwagandha. Just mix with water, stir, and enjoy. Unlike other green drinks out there, this one tastes similar to strawberry lemonade, and I enjoy it. I know I don't eat as many vegetables as I should, but Morning Kick has helped me make up for that, and I feel great. I have more energy and better digestion. It's an easy part of my morning routine. My wife started taking it as well. Go to roundhouseprovisions.com forward slash Harris for up to 44% off your regular priced order. Plus, every purchase is backed by a 90-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to experience smoother digestion, a boost of energy, and just an overall healthier body, then go to roundhouseprovisions.com forward slash Harris today. Hey guys, um, I'll, I'll let you figure out where I am. I'm, I'm in an undisclosed location. I'm actually waiting for some transportation right now, uh, but you can see a pine tree in the background, a log cabin, and then you can hear in the background probably uh, a babbling brook. So I will let you try to figure out where I am. I'll probably reveal it later on the podcast this week, but uh, all I got is my cell phone to do a podcast. So uh, it's gonna be a short one, uh, but I just wanted to um, follow up on the podcast from Friday on uh, false teaching and false teachers, because I think there's some confusion in this area, and I think I understand why to some extent. And I want to explain my position. What I said was, I don't focus on whether someone who's bringing false teaching into the church is a believer or not, or what their final destination is, whether they're going to heaven or hell. I focus on the teaching they're bringing. And I want to explain to you why that is. Um, I want to also try to explain to the best of my ability why there are people who differ with me who are against critical race theory and social justice in the church, but they are unwilling to identify the people pushing these things as false teachers or what they're teaching as false teaching. They say it's secondary and that kind of thing. So I'm going to start with that. I think one of the main issues, and it might not be the only one, but one of the main ones is that there are those who will condemn people as heretics or false teachers at the drop of a hat. And they're very loud sometimes. And they'll say that someone who differs with them on something like eschatology, let's say, or uh, mode of baptism, these kinds of things, is a false teacher. And um, I think I understand why people would not want to be lumped in with them or associated with them. And, and I think that does drive some of the reason why some of those who agree with me on the dangers of social justice don't want or are, are hesitant to call those promoting it false teachers. They don't want to be associated with those people and they don't want to be guilty of what they're guilty of. They don't want to um, identify a non-essential doctrine as essential and then blast someone. And they, and they certainly don't want to condemn someone to hell or something like that when they don't feel like they have the, uh, they, they don't have the, the justification for it. And so um, I think a few things, uh, places that I disagree, I do believe that social justice teaching and critical race theory teaching in particular, I guess, since that was the topic of the last podcast, they do bring in false teachings, uh, teachings that do threaten directly essential doctrine. And I've explained this before many times. I do believe that uh, undermining objective truth, you're, you're undermining everything uh, that your statement of faith would rest upon. You can't really have a statement of faith if you don't believe in some kind of objective truth. Uh, if you are um, introducing uh, categories of justice that are foreign to scripture, uh, you are tampering with the gospel. If you think that justice is um, 
it, like Tim Keller said, I remember this uh, was 2010, I think an article in Christianity Today that you know we owe the poor as much as uh, we can possibly give them. We owe it, it's an obligation and it's based on need. Well, if, if you start to adopt this view of that, that's what justice is, and you start to say, well, it's based on need, then you can get yourself into this weird spot where everyone needs salvation. God doesn't give salvation to everyone. So is God then therefore unjust? Now you're threatening a, a character and attribute of God that is fundamental to who he is, fundamental to the gospel itself. You need to understand uh, justice. And so there's things like that all over the place that show direct um, challenges to biblical doctrine. And, and that's why I, I don't have a problem, and, and there's many other reasons for this as well, but I don't have a problem saying, yeah, Tim Keller's a false teacher. Um, Walter Strickland, by the way, who has been over and over shown to be importing a social justice Galatian heresy type of teaching into the church, is a false teacher. But many um, are swift to defend him, who agree with me that they're against liberation theology, they're against social justice, but they'll call him a good brother and they, they want to, they, they honestly give him some credibility when they do that. And they, they are hesitant. They, they won't, in fact, call him a false teacher. And so I, I don't think that's helpful. Um, I think that what he has done when he identifies certain aspects of the law with the gospel or says, you know, this, and you hear this a lot from people other than Walter Strickland, but this particular social justice uh, teaching uh, or um, campaign, etc., is uh, part of the gospel or necessary for the gospel or uh, is, is a gospel issue or, you know, this is part of the gospel above all or this is just gospel or what they're doing is they're attaching to the gospel some kind of work. And so I think there's a, there's a, threaten, a threat to the gospel here from the social justice movement. I also think um, there is uh, a threat to a Christian metaphysic. This is a little harder to explain to people, but there's, there's an ideological framing of reality and which cherry picks things and uh, does not allow you to see the full spectrum of uh, the, the world that God created and what he wants us to see um, in that world. You're only allowed to see this narrow channel and evaluate this narrow channel based on uh, narrow um, uh, abstract principles of equality, etc. And, um, and, and what this essentially does is it, it, changes, it, it changes the whole purpose of the gospel. It changes the whole purpose of Christian teaching to creating this egalitarian world on earth. And that's just, I would identify that as false teaching. That's just not what the Bible is trying to do. And so, um, so, so there's, there's a number of different ways uh, in which false teaching comes into the church. Um, through social justice. It changes uh, the, the hierarchies that God has ordained, um, the created order, uh, it, it, it flips those things on its head. Um, it also changes a Christian ethic. Uh, Christians believe in equality before the law, this replaces it with an egalitarian kind of equality. And, um, and, and so there's, there's various things that are in error. Um, some of them you may be able to categorize as secondary, but I think most of them actually strike at the heart of, with, with many Christians not realizing it, they strike at the heart of Christian teaching. If you're uh, striking at the created design, if you are striking at the purpose of the gospel, if you're adding to the gospel, if you're striking at objective truth, I'm sorry, that's false teaching. And pretty much every social justice, uh, I, would, I think I'd be comfortable saying every single person pushing social justice teaching in the church has adopted at least one of these elements somewhere along the line to some extent. 
So I don't have a problem saying that someone who is introducing social justice teaching in the church is introducing false teaching. And I go into this more in the book that should be coming out soon, Christianity and Social Justice Religions in Conflict. And so you can look forward to that. I know I've been teasing, I've been posting some uh, like uh, cover book art and, and table of contents and these kinds of things. But that's where I come down. So I don't view this as a secondary issue. I view this as where the battle is today and the battle is the hottest. And I know there's a quote attributed to Martin Luther and I'm summarizing it, but basically you wanna be fighting where the battle is the hottest. So, uh, and if you're not, you're not really in the battle. So I want to um, explain to you why I come down where I come down, why I not only view this as a threat to the gospel, why, why I'm very comfortable identifying people who push this stuff as false teachers. And it's nothing personal, it's nothing mean, it's just, it, it's just a categorical evaluation based on biblical truth and comparing it to social justice teaching. And so, um, so, so this isn't, I, I don't focus on whether or not they're brothers or not. Uh, I don't think their final destination is the issue. I think it's the teaching. And that's where the emphasis of scripture, I believe, is. And I want to explain that to you. So repeatedly throughout the Old Testament, the false prophets are evaluated by their teachings, not their future destination. Deuteronomy 18, Ezekiel 13, Jeremiah 14, the list goes on. Uh, if, if they make a prophecy, if it doesn't come true, they are a false prophet. Um, this carries into the New Testament, this, this emphasis on teaching. Matthew 24, great signs and wonders uh, they'll, they'll perform to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Uh, the deception is the, the name of the game. Matthew 16, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. That's the teachings. Acts 20, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock. Men will arise and distort the truth. Again, it's the distortion of truth, the teaching. 1 John 4, test the spirits so you know whether they're from God or not. How do you do that? You focus on their teaching. Matthew 7, watch out. By their fruit, you will know them. Um, uh, again, teaching. Uh, and, and, and in this, and I wanted to make this, this as well. I'm going to show you some other verses, this uh, attachment. Often accompanying teaching are lifestyle things as well. They're sinful character issues. Uh, Titus 1, elders, um, elders are supposed to refute those who contradict. So oftentimes in the social justice movement, we're talking about celebrity pastors, we're talking about Christian leaders. They should have these qualifications down. They should be, have elder qualifications. Um, and, and one of the qualifications is to be able to identify false teachings. And I'm not talking about those who are introducing the false teaching. I'm talking about those who are in, unable to identify it. That's a disqualifier you should be able to see clearly this is false teaching. And social justice teaching, I'm sorry, it, it is false teaching. And if you can't identify it, that it ha I, I'm concerned about that, if someone has a hard time identifying that. Um, now I realize we all have blind areas, we all can be temporarily even uh, not understanding what something totally is, but that's, that's a call, that, that, that's when we need to do our homework. We need to get in the Word of God and we need to understand what someone's saying. We need to understand the false teaching we're up against. Um, it's like if you were in a Muslim, uh, culture. If you were in the Middle East, you would want to know what Islam teaches, right? Second Peter 2, um, those who secretly introduce destructive heresies denying the Lord teaching, but that's also associated with greed. Uh, there's also character flaws with these people. Uh, Pharisees uh, constantly identified as hypocrites, Matthew 23. Um, and so there's a lot of character traits. There's a lot of um, things in scripture that show us that, that that accompany false teaching but it's the emphasis every single time is on the teaching it's these people are introducing error uh lies twisting the truth and so when someone does that i i look at what they're doing and i say that's false teaching and this is this is a false teacher 
uh, if that's something that they're doing. And, and I, I, I do see that there's a place for repentance. You can repent of this. Um, I, th I see even, you know, in Galatians, when Peter was confronted by Paul, and all he was doing was he was being unclear, it says, about the gospel. He was being, um, he was not being straightforward, depending on your translation. Uh, and, and Peter confronts him to his face. That was enough for him to confront him. And so I think that we need to be more aggressive about this stuff. And this doesn't mean being nitpicky. This means understanding first, what are the essential doctrines? And then uh, when, when those things are threatened, then you confront those things. Even if it's a matter of, we're not clear on this. If you're not clear on it, ask questions, confront it. Um, some, there's podcasts I've done where I'm just saying, I don't know where this guy's going, but he's very unclear here and it's dangerous because if he means what he may, what I think he might mean, it can be bad. So I realize we're dealing with, in post, with postmodernists, we're dealing with a lot of lack, lacking, a lot of lack of clarity, a lot of murkiness sometimes, but other times it's clear, guys. It's very clear. With Tim Keller, it's clear. With Walter Strickland, it's clear. With Jarvis Williams, it's clear. Uh, there's so many, it's just so clear. And, um, and I, so I, I don't have a problem calling people false teachers. I don't think the emphasis in scripture though is on whether or not to uh, say they're Christians or they're not Christians. We have a Matthew 18 process. And then at the end of that, you can call them Gentiles and tax gatherers, of course, um, which, uh, which I would uh, say is, is basically they're, they're outside the faith. But, um, but again, that's not the emphasis. When we're dealing with false teaching and false teachers, if you call someone that, it doesn't mean that, you know, oh my goodness, you're saying that they're going to hell, so therefore you're being, you're being mean and you're, uh, you, know, you don't have the right to do that kind of thing. That, that, you don't find that in scripture. It's, it's, don't even get on that discussion. Uh, just ask whether or not what they're saying is true or not. That's the issue. And then, of course, we always want to give people the chance to repent. Uh, God, God does that, right? God gives people the chance to repent. And so people have that opportunity. But um, that, that's where I come down on it. So I hope that was clarifying for some of you why I approach things the way I approach them with false teaching and false teachers in the church. And uh, more coming later this week. God bless. Bye now. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. <sighs> visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.